I've heard a lot of stories of girls being like like myself being encouraged to do those humanities subjects because they're more for us. It it makes me think there were a number of girls that that also happened to that could have been amazing women in tech also, but they weren't quite as resilient and adamant that they were going to be a STEM person as I was. And so yeah, I think there is a lot of that. It is changing, but not at the rate that it should be. It is the start of the Easter weekend, so happy Easter to everyone on this Good Friday. Today's show, we are talking to Vanessa Madhu, who is an award-winning mathematics student at Imperial University. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly tech podcast, which features interviews with some of the leaders from across the industry and always a bit of technology news. Enjoy the show. Joining me on today's show, uh, we've got Courtney and we've got Hayley. How are you both? Hola, great, thank you. Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you. You've dragged yourselves in from the garden? Yeah, guilty. I haven't been out there yet. What? What is wrong with you? It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm just looking outside now. I'll go in after this. I'll go uh, go out after this, though. Go in. Go, I'll go in. I'm <laughs> this, going crazy. This will make you laugh. I, uh... I decided to pop to the toilet about half an hour ago and on my way to the bathroom, I got my swipe card out of my wallet. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was like, I what, am I, what am I doing? I haven't seen that in ages, just a card. My wallet was just next to me. and just forced a habit. I opened my wallet and got my swipe card for the office out and was like, what the fuck am I doing? No. <laughs> You miss it that much that you're role-playing, being in the office and... I don't know what's wrong with me. Swipe in, swipe out, into yeah. the kitchen. <laughs> Act smart, think smart. Is that a new one rather than dress smart, think smart? Uh, man, I think I'm just losing the plot. Aren't we all? Sounds like it, doing that. <laughs> um, but never mind. I was, I was Before you jumped on the call, Courtney, I was, I was showing off uh, to Hayley because I've got six Easter eggs. I haven't got one. I haven't. Do you love chocolate then, or have you just been? Yeah, I do, and I haven't got one. Mm. Well, well, it's a big thing. My dad's a vicar, so you know, my mum and dad sent us two two eggs. My sister sent us two eggs. I went out and bought two eggs. All of a sudden, we got six eggs. Do they go off, or can you leave them for a bit? Because I don't actually usually eat them. Why? Why would you leave them? It's like uh, the one weekend uh. of the year where you can just like gorge on chocolate, completely guilt free. I'm a savoury girl. Weird, I'm not, eh? a, I'm not a chocolate. I'm, I'm a biscuit and crisps. I like everything. <laughs> yeah, good, good answer. Good answer. I'll go with that. Right. Uh, <laughs> so on today's show, there's no link here, but on today's show, we've got Vanessa Madhu, who is a maths student at Imperial. But more to the point, she is also an award-winning young woman in tech and has set up two communities uh, the Hello World Hack and Project Insights. So we will hand over to the interview with Vanessa, which is also another in this mini series where we've got young women who are hopefully changing the face of technology, uh, kind of being featured on the podcast. And then afterwards, myself, Courtney, and Haley will have some commentary on it. Today we're talking to Vanessa Madhu. Vanessa, you are the founder of a couple of different initiatives. Uh, one is Hello World Hack and the other is Project Insight. And you're also uh, a Women of the Future Young Star Award winner. How are you this afternoon? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I've been inside for a bit too long, but morale's good. Do you have a garden where you are at least? I do, yes. 
That's okay then. That's okay. Yeah, you're you're at home. You're you're a student at um, Imperial, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In what year? Your first year? Second. Second year. Okay. Uh, just very quickly, what what is your what is your course? Because I don't want to get it wrong. Because whilst it says mathematics, uh, my knowledge of maths and science is fairly obscure when it comes to studying, and there are various different elements within that 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 I uh, lose me very quickly. Uh, yes, um, I am studying my course. Uh, the name of it is mathematics, but I'm probably looking at sort of moving into a computer science realm. But mm-hmm. until sort of third year where I get to pick the courses that determine that math is the blanket term. Right. Okay. Now, we wanted to get you on the show because amongst other things, having started a, a couple of initiatives whilst you're a student and being an award winner is impressive enough in itself. You talk about getting into STEM and having a passion for STEM in really quite refreshing terms that I imagine would make you someone that a lot of people your age could relate to because you find the whole thing rather daunting yourself, it's fair to say, right? Yes, indeed. Um, I've not had a lot of tech exposure up until this point. And so while I think it's amazing, it's definitely the future uh, and how I want to get involved and innovate a whole bunch of things. I don't, in my mind, have much technical skill. And so I'm probably my own biggest block with regard to that. But yeah, I find it really intimidating, but I've never been one to let the things intimidate me to stay that way. Uh, I've been one to push boundaries. And so I think this is a good place to do that. So you, as you mentioned, you, you're studying maths, but you see yourself heading more down the computer science route. Mm-hmm. Where's that change or where, where is that clarity of direction come from? Uh, that happened over a summer after a friend of mine gave me a Raspberry Pi for my birthday Um, Yeah, so um, I was so excited to see it. I'd seen them a lot of times in pictures, but never had one to do myself. So I thought, you know what? Let's give it a go. There are some children that could do this, so why can't I? And so I decided I was going to give it a go. It took (laughs) ages. I made a whole bunch of mistakes that I documented because I thought, you know what? There are going to be so many people that will make these mistakes too and just give up. But if you keep pushing, you'll get there. And so... The fact that I could make a computer that could fit in my hands, I thought I thought that was amazing. The thought, fact that I could program it to do whatever I wanted, I made a robot with it in the end. Um, the fact that I could do that without any materials other than a cardboard box and a, a bit of circuitry, I thought that was great. And so I decided, hey, let's let's do a bit more programming. I'd learned some at uni during first year, but not a whole lot. So I decided to do more learning, and I loved it. And so that's that's sort of where the change in direction came from. The traditional view of someone who kind of loves technology and gets into computing <laughs> as a career is someone who's kind of been tinkering away with computers since the age of, you know, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Except that that seems to be changing a bit because the, the, because it is applied sciences, I suppose. You know, you're you're applying a mathematical mathematical mind and it's piquing your interest slightly later. I suppose that stereotype view of how someone becomes interested in tech is changing, right? Oh definitely. I think and that's a very, very good thing, I think, because you get a lot of diversity of thought that way. Because since I grew up being very interested in a whole bunch of different things, I now have different ways of contributing to thought projects than someone who has been solely computer science their entire life. So mm. I had some time where I was very interested in art and design. So I'm very creative that way. And so I might come at 
a problem from a completely different perspective that way, but still have the technical skill to be able to implement the thing that I'm thinking of. So yes, everyone or the people who are coming into computer science are doing so from completely different directions than they might have done like five, 10 years ago. But it's a very good thing, I think. Now, what I found quite interesting, having a look at some of the kind of the articles that are written about you and so on, you, you were interviewed uh, by your own university uh, <laughs> and you were talking about getting into mathematics. It said you attended an Imperial Summer School in 2015. Someone gave you an undergraduate mathematics book that piqued your interest. But the interesting point here is that you said, you emphasize, however, that had it not been for your teacher's unwavering encouragement, it wouldn't have been likely that you would, you would have pursued maths. And therefore, you wouldn't have found yourself exploring the world of computing, coding, and technology. Because often people say that actually it's parents and teachers that, whilst they're supportive, don't necessarily push maths or push STEM as a subject for young women. And so your experience seems counter to that, which is really quite positive and refreshing. Yes, um, that was a little bit, um, that was an interesting one because it was one particular teacher or maybe one or right. two that really did push that. Uh, the rest were not so helpful. Um, okay. Yes, that was my, it was my physics teacher and my uh, further maths teacher at the time. Uh, they saw some particular talent in me that they didn't want to just let sit dormant. So they really, really, really pushed um, for me to study maths because they saw I was very gifted at it. But when I was younger in school, I was one of those all-rounder people. I was just good at a whole bunch of things. And so most teachers wanted to try and get me to do their subject because it would look good for them. And so that meant uh, for the GCSE option blocks, I remember this quite distinctly, uh, German and computing were in the same block. And so I wanted to do both, uh, but all the teachers bar one were so adamant that I should do German because I could, I would have like a really well-rounded group of subjects and it would look really good on my CV or whatever. And my maths teacher was just so frustrated because he saw I would be excellent in computing, but every other teacher encouraged I did otherwise. And so mm. at GCSE, that's the decision I made. And then that impacted my what I could do at A-level because I Oh, I, I guess I hadn't been exposed. Um, and so i that's why I came across competing so late was because of my teachers pushing me at that age to do German rather than computing. I enjoyed it, but I sometimes think my life would be really different if I had teachers that encouraged me to do the thing that was obviously the thing I should have done. Do you think there's still a... Um... Where where tech is concerned, still very much uh, a dominance of the traditional academic subjects in education, where teachers kind of look to it as being, you know, the main humanities subjects, or I suppose traditional maths or science or uh, languages over something that's a bit more out there in terms of computing or computer science, or or even having a view of how your career might go in that direction. Um, for girls, yes. For boys, no. Um, I think the way that uh, education for girls, I think it's completely, I think it's mostly subconscious. I don't think people realize they're doing it, but I've heard a lot of stories of girls being like, like myself, being encouraged to do those humanities subjects because they're more for us. Um, whereas in boys schools, the curriculums are different. They're more difficult by way of computing up until sort of GCSE point. Um, and so, yes, I do think there is that sort of push to get more girls into humanities and it's poor. I, I'm really upset that that is the case. It was the case to me. And 
it, it makes me think there were a number of girls that that also happened to that could have been amazing women in tech also, but they weren't quite as resilient and adamant that they were going to be a STEM person as I was. And so, yeah, I think there is a lot of that. It is changing, but not at the rate that it should be. Why Why is it that, that it's not changing at that rate? I don't really understand. Is it, is it just that teachers aren't exposed to that world themselves, do you think? I mean, look, my, my mum... I've said this on the podcast many times over the course of different conversations. She was, she was a geography teacher uh, and my parents have never really been in the business world. So they're very out of touch with it. And I could, I could imagine that that is part of the problem that many people who are educators have never really worked in industry and don't see with how, how quickly enterprise tech is changing business. Exactly. So tech changes so, so quickly. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. So the kind of tech that's pushing boundaries now isn't the same as the tech that was pushing boundaries two years ago. And so the fact that it changes quickly, you kind of have to keep up with it if you're going to be teaching it. And a lot of teachers, that's, that's extra effort for them. They have other things they need to do. So they might just teach what they know. And what they know isn't necessarily in touch with what's going on at the moment which is where that big fundamental disconnect happens. Because, I mean, a lot of people tend to go down the route of least resistance, particularly with things they're not so passionate about. Mm. And this is one thing that I've, I've felt very strongly about. Sometimes the lack of passionate teachers for particular subjects really is a detriment to the young people. Because, like, I know when I was younger, I used to despise maths because my maths teacher, like, when I was particularly young, just didn't, didn't care for it, really. And so having teachers that don't care for their subjects really does impact the students that they teach. So that's, that's a big one. So look, you're in your second year at the moment, um, mm. looking at your profile, uh, Project Insight uh, was founded, what, six months ago, and Hello World Hack was five months ago. So whilst your studies are ongoing, you've taken on not one, but two extra kind of um, networking groups. One, uh, demystifying STEM careers for young people by providing information in the form of interviews and advice pages. That's Project Insights. And then Hello World Hack is a collaboration between maths and computing to run hackathons for girls in primary schools three to five. Has anyone said, hey, look, you've got studies here. You've got quite a lot on your plate already. You know, one initiative, great. Two? <laughs> all of the time from many different people <laughs> if i could if i got a if i got a pound for every time someone's told me i'm doing too much i'd be a very rich girl but um yeah uh people tell me it a lot and they're probably right to some extent it's just i do it because no one else is and it's so important that these things are done i'm not gonna say that it isn't very difficult. A maths degree at Imperial alongside two other initiatives that I need to keep track of makes, it's, it's quite a hard thing to do. But um, I've had a lot of people that have discouraged me about it in the sense that I should just drop it. And while I think, okay, there's some merit in that, I should pay attention to my degree. There's also the thing where like, if, if I don't do it, who will? And then there'll be a whole bunch of young women who might just miss out on tech entirely just because I didn't or no one did the hard thing. And while it does make my degree a little bit more difficult for me at the moment, I am so passionate about having 
other people not miss out like prevent like in a way that can be prevented that I'm willing to do that the hard thing for a little while just so it means other people can get to see this amazing world of tech out of interest when you had your interest first peaked mm-hmm. who do you think you would have listened to someone like you or someone maybe 10 years older than you oh someone like me <laughs> um why, why do you think that is just just to be just to be <laughs> kind of candid and open um because I can relate to someone like me, if that makes sense. Like someone who's, if you listen, like someone listening to someone who's younger is easier. Just across the board, really. Like when, um, <laughs> when I was at school, whenever uh, the teachers wanted to get something across to the younger students, they'd always pick the sick formers to do it because younger people listen to young people when mm-hmm. they're slightly older. Because old enough to be a role model, but not so old that they're now out of touch with you. So yeah, if I'd heard it from someone my age I probably would have or someone who like my age now I probably would have listened <laughs> so why do you think there are so few people doing stuff like that? I mean you, you say no one else is doing it why is it just because the pressure to study for, for many people is too much and that's what they focus on or yeah I mean that's where most of the emphasis is right you want to do well in your degree so you can get a job so you can do well in life and while yes true to some extent um there's just it's it's a different perspective that not a lot of people have in which to love something so much that you're willing to sort of put down what you're doing to help other, to give other people a leg up um it's not a way a lot of people think um but it's a way i think a, a more people should it's just it's a change in perspective is what it is or what is needed to help more people into it um but also i think it's really re- it's really refreshing Doing all of this and seeing other young people or even other young girls get inspired reminds me why I love doing this in the first place. Mm. So when I'm like really demotivated and I can't be bothered to get my work done, I like I remember the impact it has on other people, how excited these young girls get or even just other people get. And it, it pushes me on. So while it's difficult, it's really motivating at the same time. So look, you've um you've obviously had some success. You've won awards you've been to some interesting events and dinners you've had a chance to network and meet other people um and you're obviously getting exposed to a whole load of exciting different things that that's kind of expanding your horizons as you've kind of articulated throughout the course of this if you had advice to pass on to someone who's maybe you know you in 2015 who's picking up a maths textbook for the first time i'd imagine that you've not done everything in a picture perfect way and you may have made some mistakes what 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 steps would you try and avoid them taking to try and help them along their own journey? Uh, yes. Um, the biggest like quote unquote mistakes I think I've made recently would be, I had a massive drop in confidence when I came to uni. Other, up until that point, I guess I wish I'd done things a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, the drop in confidence was, it was a notable thing and it really stunted my growth in a number of ways and stunted my, um, the time at which I probably would have done these things. Um, but yeah, there are a couple of things. The first was not thinking I could actually start something. Like, what, I'm 15, I'm 16, what, what effect am I going to have if I if I do something? Like, who's going to listen to me? And that, what I'd say to that is more people than you would think. Uh, it's hard to break the wall at first uh, to get people to listen, but once you're a young person with a voice who cares, people people listen to you. And so I would say that's the first thing that you're you're not too young to make a difference with what you have to say. Um, the second is 
understand, like I, it took me a long time to understand that I deserve to be where I am. I worked really hard to get here and being, being surrounded by very excellent people remind, it, it, hum, it humbles you <laughs> quite a lot. And so um, taking the humility without the self-deprecation, I guess, um, is another thing that I had to learn. And it took me a while to learn. I'm still learning it now. But yeah, those were the other two things I would I, I would say. But also, oh, mm-hmm. another one. I was thinking about this earlier today when I was sort of thinking, thinking about the conversation we we're going to have. Um, young entrepreneurship, like social entrepreneurship. I have a there's a particular person. Her name's Joanna Baptista. Amazing person. Um, no, no, I've met her. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so she's a year younger than me, but she's done some really incredible things. And the big reason I didn't do these things when I was younger is just I had no idea how to start. I didn't think I could. I thought I was too young. I thought just all of that stuff. But seeing her really made me think, you know what? If she can do this, there's no reason I can't. And mm. so having people that you look up to that are your age and younger are actually really healthy. Um, so, yes, that as well. Well, look, thank you very much for your time. I know that you've, uh, you're studying, you're at home, you've got three younger siblings. Uh, so finding time to take part in an interview, uh, <laughs> at least of your worries. But um, look, uh, all, all power to you in, in making those networks go well and grow. And uh, good luck with the rest of your studies. Thank you. This is kind of the fourth episode like this that we've had in short succession, uh, if, you think, if you count Sonia, Audrey and Holly. Um, there's kind of some interesting patterns that emerge across all four, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The, One thing um, to do I, more. Yeah. And I am inadequate. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> what I was getting at. You feel like very unachieved, um, which obviously isn't what it's meant to be doing, but it's kind no. of pushing me to do more. I think what's brilliant about it is there seems to be this narrative of why should I wait to be told that I can do something? Yeah. When she was 16, that's what, yeah. Yeah. With her, with Holly, with Audrey in particular, all three of them very much kind of, why would I wait until I'm older to, to try and make a difference? They've seen that stuff's wrong. They've seen that young people aren't taught about STEM in a way that resonates with them, but it's like, they're not going to wait until they're 25, 30, 35 and they don't, or they're not able to connect with that audience as well as they can now to try and to try and change the narrative. Hmm. Yeah, yeah like you said incredible. that they all they all thought that um, they wouldn't have a voice. They're all very similar in that sense. But then they've gone above and beyond and realised that that's not true. No, exactly that. And I think where she was speaking about when these things piqued her interest, that was really interesting because. I mean for me it's come later in life but that's just through the education and understanding the tech industry that I've I've got that interest in it now Um, but if I wasn't in this role I wouldn't know about the opportunity Mm. so that's amazing that they're they're going above and beyond for that and now I feel like when I listen to them and and the podcast we listened to previously I think wow I could do this I actually could do that I think I could put my mind to it and they make you feel like that and that's such an amazing feeling and they're at their age to be giving people that that feeling um, yeah Yeah, that drive it's amazing yeah exactly I never thought that someone younger than me would make me well obviously 
later in life yes because the age difference would be far more <laughs> but but right now I would never think that like a 16 to 19 year old would make me like have that inner drive at all so it's yeah. quite it was quite a nice feeling you look up to your elders usually don't you right and uh, exactly it's it's just different it's the complete opposite but it's I think that's great though like I think that's amazing that makes you feel like you could um inspire people older than you but it's true you can it doesn't matter what age you are if you've got the ideas and you've got something about you clearly look at what yeah. you can do age doesn't matter and on that point of you know you look to your elders you know she's talking there about her teacher that one maths teacher that could see how good she could be in that particular discipline and wasn't prepared to let her let that go versus every other teacher who was telling her to take a humanities subject and have a more rounded cv that looked more generalized yeah exactly more all-round and therefore more employable which is just bonkers really because actually from our perspective the one thing that we do know is that specialist knowledge is exactly what companies cry out for it's not about being rounded at all which I don't know whether that's a double-edged message to put out there, but when we are looking for people in technical roles for organizations, they are looking for specialist, super specialist knowledge who can come in and deliver X, Y, or Z thing that they are looking to get over the line. Not someone that's done every single subject there is. Yeah. And I just thought that whilst the teachers obviously had all the good intentions at mind, and I don't think they're thinking about it necessarily. Well, no, they are They are framing it in terms of a future employability point of view. The, the advice that she's getting, to my mind, is incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But then I, I did think as well um, that teachers are taught to be teachers, a lot of them. When you go to university, you then, you then are taught by people that have been in the business world and had, like, I say... Um, like maths if at university they've had jobs previously that wasn't just teaching mm-hmm. so they've got more relevant skills and more knowledge because they've been in the industry whereas some teachers back in school they have grown up to become teachers they haven't got that different the the business world knowledge I guess to be able to bring it in a lot of te- well my teachers anyway I don't know about other people yeah I think that makes me that takes me back to a point that we spoke about in a previous podcast as well actually where we was like there's a difference between a manager and a leader and a manager's telling you what to do which is a lot of teachers do right mm. and then a leader leads you and guides you in the right direction mm. it's like so is that what's happening in school I don't know like I don't, I don't really know and when they said about the can we, yeah we need to talk about this actually that the boys curriculum and the women and the girls curriculum is different why seems yeah weird. Like, like that in this day and age, but like that shouldn't be a thing. But it, I didn't know it was. I didn't know it was a thing. But we've said on previous episodes of this podcast. I remember when we had um, Cipher on Elizabeth Tweedale, and that's quite a while ago. So it's quite an old episode now. But she was talking about the fact that um, children's laptop toys, uh, a boy's laptop has more keys than a girl's laptop. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? So right from that from that that ridiculously young age, the suggestion is that boys are somehow more technical, which is utter bollocks. Well, I actually that that brings me to a point because it made me laugh a lot. So she mentioned that her friend bought her a Raspberry Pi, mm-hmm. and at first I was like, I recognise that. Then I remembered that my uncle 
bought my brother a Raspberry Pi for Christmas and then bought my sister, who's only two years younger, some nail varnish. I am so out of this, right? I actually thought she was making a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> I honestly, right, when she said that, I was like, oh, that's nice. What she, I, I thought it was going to go down the route of her saying, I'm not very good at cooking, but I actually made this raspberry pie and I could do it. So I put my mind to it and I thought, that'll be a bit weird for this podcast to go down that route. And then, it, and then when it started talking about machinery, I was like, I've got the wrong end of the stick here. <laughs> I, I hope you've now done a bit of research and now understand Have what raspberry pie is. Yeah. oh dear oh dear well look there we go i mean young people are still educating us and and i suppose that's a that's a great message and i do love i do love the sentiments that vanessa has that you know why why do these two groups when it's like you know yeah you get questioned well no one else is and i love that because there is this thing that people wait on permission to do stuff and i don't think they should wait on permission to do stuff ever i think that if you've got a good idea and you're, you're passionate about something you'll make time for it yeah, absolutely. Um, she doesn't want women to miss out on these opportunities and therefore she's got all these things going on and her passion is to get women in the community and, you know, she's taking so much on and yeah. she's not letting anyone tell her any different. I think it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that when, when she said, it's hard. Second year, it's hard. But then there was no kind of that's all she said in the sense of her struggling there wasn't any oh yeah I might take a break it was just but I'm doing it it's hard but I'm doing it so um I really liked the hackathon idea because years three to five at first I thought that was very young because my sister's in year five so I thought I thought that year five onwards but she's she's like knuckling down young age and getting it in their heads then for then it to become the norm which I like Mm. Thank you, Vanessa, for being our guest on this week's show. Uh, We will take a short break uh, on this Good Friday podcast episode and we will come back with some news after this break. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Welcome back to Tech Talks. Quick bit of technology news uh, to round off the week and actually starts the Easter weekend. Um, Influencers among key distributors of coronavirus misinformation. Celebrities and politicians with large social media followings are proving to be key distributors of disinformation relating to coronavirus. Actor Woody Harrelson, singer MIA, have received uh, or faced criticism rather for sharing baseless claims about supposed connection of 5G to the pandemic, whilst comments to the likes of Brazilian presidents playing down the scale of the crisis in the face of scientific evidence have attracted criticism in recent days. This is a funny one, isn't it? Because how do you know what, who or who you should trust? Because there are some people in 
in positions that you would normally, I mean, certainly the Brazilian, the Brazilian president keeps yeah. telling everyone that this is, this is not as important as, 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 or it's a hoax rather. And then you've got someone like Donald Trump just saying absolute nonsense. I mean, I know the world is kind of used to Donald Trump saying nonsense, but it's a really dangerous thing for misinformation that we spread around when we've got, you know, people are dying en masse. Um, how do you know who to trust online? Don't trust, don't trust politicians. Don't trust politicians as a general rule, right? Exactly. That's a bit worrying, isn't it, though? <laughs> that and that's a generic it, rule. Yeah, it is. That is true. Um, I'm not sure. I never, I always think twice reading stuff on the internet. I think then, there's so much out there, isn't there, at the moment, and you just don't hmm. know what to believe. Um, it's like... So is this going into the 5G thing about like dead birds and stuff dying? Well, and also causing corona. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, the big, the big problem here is that, is that it's gained prominence because a lot of people in Britain have, have started vandalizing mobile phone masts um, based oh. on the claim that, wow. that, that 5G is linked to coronavirus, which the, is, has been given some oxygen because it was a former director of, of Vodafone who made the claim or something. But I think no, I that everyone that. Is, is ignored. I think you even told me, Hayley, that the second half of the interview was total nuts going on about um, that the, 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 the world's run by the devil and Lucifer is basically incarnate and whatever else. And it's like, well, this guy's clearly a nutcase. Um, but because of the because he's like Vodafone, ex-Vodafone, and therefore making claims about 5G, it's probably gotten a little bit more oxygen than it should have done. Yeah, because, I mean, that interview was so long. I mean, if you listen to the whole 30 minutes of it, it's very very up and down um but yeah i think if you hear the first bit and you know who it's from and you're listening to it and maybe you don't finish the rest of it and you realize that he's a bit crazy um mm. you would easily believe some of the things he's saying because he sounds credible but also doesn't sound credible and it kind of just doesn't make sense this whole 5g theory well that that credibility piece is interesting as well because the apparently Politicians, celebrities, and public figures are responsible for producing or spreading 20% of false claims, but their posts accounted for 69% of the total social media engagement. So they clearly have, we kind of lend them credibility because of who they are. Yeah. And social influencers, definitely not. Social influencers have, oh, this is, I don't want to put them all in the same boat, but I would never, ever believe a, like if they try to spread around something or try to act like they knew something because most of them just pose in bikini pictures and try and sell like 10% off discount code so well I wouldn't believe teeth whitening get fake tan uh, I wouldn't believe them about something like 5g and corona but it no. does show the the risk that we've got in terms of the fact that you know 20% of the posts and yet 69% of the engagement people have got to be really careful yeah. about I think if you do have a following, you have to really think carefully about what you're posting and what you're sharing and whether or not you know for a fact that what you're sharing, when it's stuff like this that can, that can incite people, has any base to it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like when people share things that... The thing is, the following that they get, I mean, if, 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 say if they put something bad out there that people don't agree with, look at how much they get slammed. So people mm. are obviously taking in this information that they're saying. 
and they you know so they have to be really careful what they say and mm. especially if it's younger people who are following you put the fear of god in some people with what you're posting especially at the moment yeah world's crazy place but we will get through it you should follow people like vanessa and holly and audrey and sonia 100%. and and not Definitely. ex-directors of vodafone who've clearly lost their marbles <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this and you've lost your marbles well it clearly has anyway um <laughs> uh look so it is easter um <laughs> i was gonna say you guys got any plans obviously not um but uh i hope you have a lovely time on zoom and other such things that you're doing at home everyone despite the weather please do stay home and stay safe uh we'll repeat that message uh because the longer the, or, or the more that everyone follows the rules hopefully the shorter the amount of time that everyone we might get now. summer yeah i know uh, but apart from that courtney and Haley, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the pod thank 